0: Good morning. Today we continue our worship series, Resurrection Walking, and our study of the resurrection appearances of Jesus. But today our lesson is a little different than the ones that we have been studying so far. Because today's lesson comes not hours or days or even weeks after Jesus was raised three days after his death our lesson today happens years years after Jesus resurrection somewhere probably between the years 33 and 36 CE and so our prayer for illumination this day we are not going to you know pray like we perhaps have typically done we're gonna pray with singing And so we're going to sing together from the United Methodist hymnal number 170. The words are on the screen. Oh, how I love Jesus as we prepare our hearts and our minds to hear Jesus speak to us today.
1: Sounds like music in the air, the sweetest thing on earth. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Because he first loved me. Tells me of a Savior love, who died to set me free. It tells me of his precious blood, the sinner's perfect plea.
0: Our scripture reading comes from the book of Acts. In the ninth chapter, we're reading verses 1 through 20. Meanwhile, Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any who belonged to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. The men who were traveling with him stood speechless because they heard the voice but saw no one saul got up from the ground and thought his eyes were and though his eyes were open he could not see he could see nothing so they led him by the hand and brought him into damascus for three days he was without sight and neither ate nor drank Now there was a disciple in Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias. He answered, Here I am, Lord. The Lord said to him, Get up and go to the street called straight. And at the house of Judas, look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. At this moment, he is praying. you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately, something like scales fell from his eyes and his sight was restored. Then he got up and was baptized. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. For several days, he was with the disciples in Damascus. And immediately, he began to proclaim Jesus in the synagogue, saying, He is the Son of God. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. If we were to end today's lesson of the famous Damascus Road story at verse 6 of Acts chapter 9, with the just-blinded Saul being told by Jesus to go into the city where he would be given further instructions, our focus would be almost exclusively on the road and on the effect of jesus words on a man who had delighted in the pursuit and the persecution of those who followed jesus way stopping at verse 6 we would think that our lesson is exclusively the uh, apostle paul's call story without the rest of the story great details and And vital parts of the story would be excluded, including the role of those who were traveling with Saul and a disciple named Ananias. We might even believe that Jesus took Saul by the hand and walked him into Damascus. The longer version, however, highlights the cast of characters that we too often tend to overlook. And the truth that God not only chooses people to do God's work, but God calls all people, even ordinary people like me, into community to do God's work together in the name of Jesus. And about this community, the Apostle Paul will later write to the church in Rome, He says, so we who are many are one body in Christ and individually we are members one of another. Think about that, that we're members one of another, that you you are a part of me and I'm a part of you and there's nothing that we should want to do about that. That's a good thing, that we are a part of one another. We're here to support one another. We're here to live life together as disciples of Jesus Christ. I hope you don't miss the important fact that the Apostle Paul's initial mission, the mission that Jesus gave him, is only completed with the help of some unnamed co-travelers and Ananias, who is described simply as a disciple. It is this supporting cast that turns Saul, the great persecutor of the church, into Paul, into arguably the greatest contributor to the New Testament and to the spread of the way throughout the Mediterranean. Our lesson today lets us know, you and I, that in every setting, our lives, Your life and my life and our work together for Christ matter. They matter. Each are of eternal consequences. Each are able to be used in powerful ways by the Holy Spirit, even as God uses a a whole cast of characters to shape and to guide our history and our story and our offering to the world. Our introduction to Saul in Scripture comes late in Acts chapter 7, as Saul approves and is present at the stoning of Stephen. Stephen, of course, is the disciple of Jesus after whom St. Stephen's United Methodist Church is named. And after Stephen's stoning, Saul, with a rabid intensity was ravaging the church he was entering house after house dragging off both men and women and committed them to prison saul is a pharisee a member of the jewish sect that arose in response to the growing secularization in israel they were most zealous of the law of god and saul acknowledges that he is great among the Pharisees. He is a Hebrew of Hebrews. He zealously pursues the group's goals, hating any departure from the pharisaical code. And when he becomes aware of the group called the way, the followers of Jesus of Nazareth, he unleashes his fury upon them. Paul tells the Galatians later of his past. He says, For you have heard of my former conduct in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God beyond measure and tried to destroy it. Saul pursues the members of the way beyond Jerusalem. And in our lesson today, it takes place as Saul is on the road to Damascus still seething with threats and murder against the disciples of Jesus Christ. Unmistakably, Saul's goal was nothing short of the liquidation of every vestige of Christianity. But nearing Damascus, Saul undergoes a life-transforming experience as he comes face to face with Jesus. Luke writes, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? He asked, who are you, Lord? And the reply came, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But get up and enter the city and you will be told what you are to do it's a shocking experience for saul as he comes face to face with the way and the truth and the life in the middle of the day in the middle of a road a light brighter than the sun engulfs him and a voice speaks to him speaks his name and in terror Saul falls to the ground, and God begins to unravel Saul's identity as zealous Pharisee and persecutor of the followers of Jesus Christ. In spite of the title of today's message being Walking the Damascus Road, not all the important events take place on the road. And Saul is not the only one being transformed this day. As Saul is led to Damascus by his companions, and he's contemplating all these events that have taken place, Jesus is calling one of his disciples, living in Damascus. The disciple is Ananias. Luke simply refers to Ananias as a disciple of Jesus. The D in disciple is in lowercase. While a rather simple title, it represents the ultimate relationship with Jesus Christ, to be his disciple. A shift seems to occur in the meaning of disciple after Jesus' ascension and after the coming of the Holy Spirit in all of its fullness at at Pentecost. You see, being a disciple is more than someone who followed Jesus to to hear his teaching and to eat his bread. A disciple is a committed believer and a minister or a priest. But a minister and a priest in the sense that all who believe in Jesus are, are part of the priesthood of all believers. You are a priest, and don't you ever forget it as certainly as as, uh, in 1 Peter chapter 2, a royal priesthood, which you are a member of, is described there. Christianity isn't a spectator sport. And Jesus calls all of his disciples to learn his trade and to join him in his servant work. A disciple is a man or a woman who is a new creation, in christ who no longer lives for self but who has believed on christ for the forgiveness of sins and who lives to learn and to follow and to imitate christ in all areas of their lives when the disciple ananias hears the law the lord's call He answers here I am Lord. But the instructions that Ananias hears from the Lord sends shivers up and down his spine. The Lord says get up and go to the street called straight and at the house of Judas look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. At this moment he is praying And he has seen a vision of a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so that he may regain his sight. Ananias already knows who Paul is, who Saul is, the Saul of Tarsus. And he knows why Saul is in Damascus. But Ananias seems to miss the part that of the Lord's message about Saul praying and Saul seeing a vision of Ananias coming and laying his hands on him so that he can regain his sight. He's stuck, isn't he? He's stuck in the idea that he has to go to Saul. But let's give Ananias credit. Despite his misgivings, he gives in, doesn't he? He follows Jesus' command. And his behavior is a lesson that gives us a rubric of, of how you and I are supposed to live our lives, how our conduct should be as we reach out to others. See, here is Ananias' reaction. First, he answers. He answers, he says, Here I am, Lord. And second, he confirms the assignment. Lord, I have have heard from many about this man. Step three, he goes. He enters the house where Saul is. And step four, he ministers. He lays his hands on Saul. And step five, he affirms his new colleague. He calls him brother, brother Saul. And it is to Ananias and not to Saul that the purpose and the plan for this new apostle's life is first revealed. While Ananias may still be harboring doubts about the wisdom of the plan, he nevertheless carries out the Lord's commandments. And Saul is no longer an outsider persecuting the church. He's now a brother in Christ. Your hearing, your hearing God's voice begins with the faith that God is speaking. God is still speaking. And includes a determination to listen and to understand, and a willingness to act, to act in love and in service in Jesus' name. When people and a community embrace love, love that is willful and sacrificial and unconditional and self-giving, it changes everything. It changes everything. And like Ananias in our lesson today, we love like Jesus whenever God's love moves out through us in sacrificial acts so that God's name may be glorified. Today, I give thanks for this community of love. And I invite you to join me in celebrating the amazing love that God has and is and will continue to pour into this community called St. Stephen's and through this community out into the world. I give thanks for the love produced by faith and hope that I have seen shared through the lives of, of you, you people in this place and out in the parking lots and, and beyond our property. It's sweeter than the sweetest peaches that I ever purchased at Burke's Farmer Market on a Saturday in the summer. Any peachaholics here? Yes, amen. Man, there are some sweet peaches you can get there. Such love that you have hopes the best for one another and our neighbors it welcomes it makes space for one another it seems to work out differences and work towards solutions it forgives it lets go and it continues to give in faith towards a future that god knows and that we're trying to find out and that we want to follow it's been an honor over the last three years to serve as your pastor In rather challenging circumstances, I saw and I continue to see that such love moves you and continues to move you to strive upward and to support one another, to grow in faith together, to serve and to feed Jesus' lambs, to reach out and to connect others to this community of faith, And to God's goodness and grace that others might come to know the depth and the width and the breadth of the love of God that comes from God's very heart through you. I give thanks today for this community of love and for the opportunity that Carolyn and I have had to be part of this community and ministry and life together these last three years. I give thanks today because God is working in this place. There is no doubt. And I encourage you not only to continue in the ways that you love now, but to continue to grow in love together as you serve the Lord and as you serve our community. I thank you for the loving welcome that you offered my family and me three years ago and for your support during these years i've served as your senior pastor for the honor of inviting me to pray with you before surgery and afterwards to visit in the hospital and nursing home and at home even though the pandemic certainly made that much more difficult for the blessing of baptizing your children, your grandchildren, but also of baptizing youth and adults here. I'm thankful for the honor of, of hearing about loved ones as we pre- prepared for services of, 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 of death and reconciliation and resurrection i'm thankful for seeing the courage in which you have wrestled with the challenges of the pandemic and other challenges in the united methodist church and have used god's grace to strive to be all that you can be in god's love how you uh, associate pastors pastor forrest and pastor gian and the staff our media team our welcome team the source band at At 9 o'clock, our choirs, our ringers, our orchestra members, and all the disciples of St. Stephen's were part of keeping the church open, even when we couldn't meet in person in the building. We certainly learned, didn't we, that the church is not the building. It's the people. Thanks be to God for that lesson. It's important. Easter sunrise services, worshiping outdoors in the fellowship hall, and and then now in this beautiful space, gatherings on Zoom, meetings on Zoom. Lots and lots of Zoom, right? You know that. Including Bible study discussions and praying the Psalms and much more all of these are glimmering traces of god's presence in this place through you you have made me a better husband you've made me a better father and pastor you've made me a better disciple of jesus christ and i thank you for that you all these experiences all of you have shaped me for the better and the challenges that we have have faced together will continue to shape you to be the incredible the already incredible loving and passionate people that god has made you now but god is also continuing to call you to be And as Pastor Gian and I shared with the children, love never ends. No amount of time and no distance will change love between friends. There's no guarantee that any of us will ever see each other again this side of heaven. But I do know that God's presence will be forever connecting us. And will forever light our paths that we travel. As we, each of us, answer faithfully, Here I am, Lord. And as we do the work of Christ in this world. As Carolyn and I continue to walk by faith and not by sight, we are thankful for God's grace and for you. St. Stephen's Church. Thank you now. Thank you forever for your amazing love. And God be with you until we meet again. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.